All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo. Uh, we're at episode 272, Wednesday, January 19th. Excited for this one. This is where young salespeople come to learn the craft of sales, to get better at it, to make more money, to get their next job, all those different things. Um, really good episode today. Really good interview with AJ Giaccia. I hope I got that uh, pronunciation right. Similar to Focaccia, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, AJ is an enterprise account executive at Tynes, which is a security automation platform. Uh, prior to that, he's been in enterprise sales at Trey, uh, who you know worked with Ralph Barcy, who's been a multiple time guest on this show, Retain.ai, Hustle, um, and he actually began his career at KPMG in accounting. He played football at Oberlin College and coached football for several years, actually during his sales career. And uh, we had a great conversation. We talked about AJ, like a few other guests, transitioned from the world of finance and accounting to sales. So we talked about why and what that transition was all about. Um, we get into the structure of his daily routine and he's a very disciplined guy. He's very structured. And he talks about how he works in other aspects of his life, like coaching, coaching football, running marathons, um, his relationships, you know, he's engaged. Um, and we talk about how he balances that with actual, his sales routine, you know, what he does at certain times of day to be successful. And if you're an enterprise seller, I think it's a masterclass in putting together your daily routine. Uh, we talked about the power of football and how that shaped his character. We talked about mentorship, uh, some mutual friends that we have, some of the things that have made him successful in sales. So much good content in this one. I really enjoyed uh, meeting AJ, talking with him. I felt that connection uh, when we were talking. It's like, okay, there's two like-minded cats uh, on this Zoom call right now. So I think, I hope you enjoy this. If you enjoy um, hearing me, I, I think you're going to dig what AJ has to say. Um, so before we get to that, a quick word, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Um, and then hit me up on LinkedIn, Tom Alemo. Give me some feedback. Uh, give me a follow. would love to hear what you thought of the show. Those are the two ways that you can really support this show so that I can get better content, more content, better guests, all that good stuff and help grow this thing. So uh, show some love, take 30 seconds out of your day. It would really mean a lot. And now let's get into my conversation with AJ Giaccia. Let's go. All right, now on the Millennial Sales Podcast, AJ Giaccia. How'd I do on the name? <laughs> Perfect, man. Well done. Well done. Appreciate you coming on, man. I'm excited to uh, excited to have you here. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, Tom. Thanks for uh, thanks for including me, and uh, grateful to be here. Anyone that gets described to me as quote unquote has Ralph Barzi vibes gets an immediate invitation onto the podcast. Uh, so we're both uh, we're both big fans and, and friends of of Ralph's. Uh, a lot of love for him. He's been on this pod a couple times. So uh, I'm hoping this is a good one based on that that description. Oh, for sure, man. Can't even compare to that guy. He's been so great to me throughout my career and uh, a mentor and a legend for me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be slowly walking in his footsteps. Hopefully, I love it. I love it. Um, so let's get let's get into it, man. Um, I'd love to learn more about your story. Um, you know, I see, obviously you have like a, a big football background. I see on LinkedIn, you know, similar to a lot of other guests, you actually started as an accountant. It looked like at a big, one of the big four, 
before yeah. getting into sales. So walk me through a little bit, like in college, you know, you're, I think you're an athlete, then you're, you're getting into the accounting path. Like walk me through kind of like how that, that first part of your career transpired. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, started out uh, at Oberlin college, actually in Ohio, uh, kind of living that college football dream, um, you know, out of high school, I was like, oh, I got to go do that next level game. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to, to get an opportunity to go play, uh, play some, some, some college ball at Oberlin college. And uh, yeah, played special teams there, defensive back for two years. But in my second season, I actually ended up breaking my, breaking my leg. So at that time I was still kind of flirting around with a few different uh, major opportunities thinking, Econ even flirted with some biology classes for a time. Wasn't totally sure, but once I broke my leg and I, I actually ended up coming home, um, did a little bit, of, little stint home here in, uh, in in the Bay Area, and then realized, you know what, I gotta I gotta get my uh, career path in line, and ended up uh, transferring out to UC Santa Cruz, and kind of found my path within uh, business management, economics, and specifically uh, finance and accounting. So I kind of found my major there uh, through some guidance with some friends, and just overall, just kind of enjoying the the aspect of revenue actually in revenue accounting so that kind of got me into that angle and uh sure enough i was there and, and had the opportunity to uh to get an internship my junior year i joined kpmg uh, one of the big four there and love the internship love the program kind of love the the overall kind of corporate lifestyle so to speak i was drinking the kool-aid there big time um, and then from there uh got the opportunity to to get a full-time offer after school and yeah joined uh joined on with kpmg did that for about a year and a half uh yeah, out of school. So, um, yeah, I kind of got my, my accounting and finance background, got my, my level set on my, my revenue accounting background, so to speak, but, you know, quickly into doing that at KPMG, I realized that I kind of wanted a little bit more. So I was actually fortunate enough to, uh, to get an opportunity to join a, a company. I was actually doing the, I was one of the lead or lead audit associates for a company called E2 open, um, worked closely with their CFO and their controller, um, they ended up actually giving me an opportunity to join them pre-IPO. So um, I was kind of fortunate enough to see both sides. I did the, the audit of uh, their S1 and kind of their overall S1 filing, which is their IPO process, and then ended up joining them uh, right after the IPO and, uh, or excuse me, right before the IPO and kind of got to see that whole transgression. And and throughout uh, throughout my, my trials there within the accounting world there, they a few few folks, uh, Amy Reichenator, the SVP of, uh, of HR, who's now over at Databricks, um, Tarek Chowdhury was now at AWS and uh, John Ramasuglia, who's over at Blue Yonder. They both kind of, they all three of them kind of realized that, hey, this kid's got a knack for, for being in front of people. And I really wanted to be kind of more on the strategic side of everything and not necessarily in the back office, um, you know, doing the, doing the book work. So uh, they gave me the opportunity to kind of join on and kind of run a, a deal desk operation in conjunction with uh, selling a product line that was kind of no longer getting any love at E2 Open. And sure enough, that kind of got me into my my entrance into uh, into sales. So um, yeah. So when they approached you with that thought, like, I, I imagine you probably had some inklings in your mind, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with people, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like that sounds like sales, maybe it's something like I'm interested in trying, like, did they have to twist your arm or you were pretty open to the idea? You know, no, actually at the time I was, I was, I was pretty open to it. I was excited to, to kind of take the next step and kind of take everything that I'd learned in that kind of revenue world, so to speak. And like now put it into, more practical use and start start solving probably you know real world challenges. E2 opens a supply chain software company, so we were kind of working on the logistics specific integration product line there. And long story short, no, they didn't, they didn't have to twist my arm at all. I was uh, I was stoked to get the opportunity to kind of put that problem solving hat on and try to go out there and get in front of people and uh, you know start making making the uh, making deals happen, so to speak. So were you the only one at the company working on this like kind of forgotten product? Was this just like 
hey, let's just let's see what AJ can do. Or was there a full team of you or, or what was kind of like the, the situation? Yeah, so the company actually uh, initially started out, E2 Open started out as a, a high-tech trading platform, and they were kind of doing this B2B integration work. They, they moved away from that and started focusing a lot on supply chain-specific solutions, SNOP, that kind of stuff. Um, and long story short, they, they moved away from selling their, in a, in a, their specific logistics integration product line, even though it was still kind of askew that individuals on the team could you know, throw into a, a deal if an individual was utilizing a specific transportation management system or a prospect was utilizing a specific, specific transportation management system. Um, but nobody was really focusing on it. So yeah, to be honest, they were like, look, this thing's, this thing's kind of not getting any love. Let's, let's throw the, the new guy at it and see if he can revive it. And uh, I was able to, to kind of turn it around. So uh, yeah, after a couple quarters there, we were able to, to close a good, good amount of revenue, pulled in some existing customers and expanded some customers and um, was able to kind of take my, take my, uh, my first throw at it there. So walk me through the first, you know, few months, few weeks, few quarters of, of that role. Um, <laughs> like when, your first time in sales, you just kind of get thrown into it. Um, you didn't like necessarily maybe a, even apply for the job. It's just kind of an opportunity that, that sort of happened that you were open to accepting. Um, how'd it go? Like off the bat, it sounded like you, you did pretty well, but like, was it instinctual? Did you get some training? Were you falling yeah. on your face? Like how was it early on? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I was fortunate enough to have really two individuals that put me under their wing big time at, uh, at well, three individuals that put me under their wing big time. Uh, Peter Hammond, who was running sales there, North American sales specifically, um, he kind of just took a liking to me and was like, hey, I'm going to kind of guide you through this a little bit and show you how to position things, kind of get take you through the full kind of sales life cycle, build up your acumen, build up, you know, kind of how you can go out there and prospect, identify opportunities, and then go out there and execute the overall kind of closing motion, right? Um, I had done a little bit of that in, in, in past life of just kind of qualifying opportunities, uh, you know, XDR work, so to speak, but I hadn't really done full life cycle at all. So Pete was, was gracious enough to kind of keep me on and, um, you know, kind of have his, his, his pulse of me the whole time, um, which was really nice. I mean, he, he, again, kind of gave me the opportunity to, you know, well, I, he provided me the opportunity to bring him into discussions and kind of have the his executive presence in these meetings and helped me guide through that. So didn't necessarily fall on my face. Uh, and then I had two other gen gentlemen, uh, Michael Shetman and Tarek Chowdhury, um, who both just had the opportunity to, to kind of get in the trenches with me and guide me through these discussions and obviously life cycle management. Um, so long story short, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have about three individuals that were, you know, nice, nice lifesavers for me at the time, but they really did give me a lot of guidance and kind of my first sales opportunity to, to really drive the motion and, uh, and really learn the ropes. Um, so again, wasn't, was, was fortunate enough to have those three and not necessarily, you know, come tripping out the gate, so to speak. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I know one thing that you, you know, you mentioned before we started recording was just the way that you run your day, your kind of mentality, your philosophy, your rituals, everything like that. Um, to say, to say I'm obsessed with, with how people run their days and their morning routines is probably even an understatement. Uh, I love learning about it. Um, I, I couldn't, I would say that's one of the biggest factors uh, for me personally in getting my, my career right. And, and a lot of things in life, right. is like getting my, the start to my day, right. And just getting the right habits. So I'd love to hear you kind of walk me through like what, what a day in the life of AJ looks like nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's, uh, it's, it's changed a bit in the COVID world for sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean the, the, the life is interesting right now. So, um, you know, most weeks in general, I structure my Monday through Friday, um, pretty much the same, right. It's generally, uh, 
you know, 6.15 wake up, so to speak. I try to get my, my morning exercise in. I always find that, you know, getting, getting the brain motion, getting the, the blood moving early in the morning just kind of gives me that mustard I need for the whole day, right? It's, 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 if I don't do it, I'm definitely feeling sluggish throughout the day. I'm just not having that same energy, that same, you know, uh, uh, yeah, really energy on calls or on, on projects or just don't tack the day the same, right? So just getting that kind of first, uh, first leg out of the day with some good exercise. I'm actually training for a marathon right now. Um, so okay. again, generally it's a run or, you know, some leg work. Uh, my fiance is a, an amateur power lifter. So we get a lot of the, the clanging and banging in the house okay. and garage set up. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, you know, generally it's a, it's a start Monday through Monday through Friday with a, with a good exercise routine. Um, and then it's just kind of getting, you know, getting the, the day aligned, right. It's generally about seven 30 or so I'll crack open the, the, the book, depending on if, you know, calls happen early, it's, you know, it's, it's I'm at a company out headquartered in Dublin. So we've been starting a little bit earlier, but, um, generally it's, you know, seven, seven 30 or so cracking the, the calendar open. Um, generally we'll do that the night before, but we'll get to that in just a second, but you know, I'll take a look at the day, refresh my notes on kind of what are the, the upcoming calls. I try to structure myself too, where I get all the tough calls out of the way from, probably about eight to noon in the day, right? The calls that kind of require the most energy, the most focus, the most attention, whether it's net new, you know, intro or disco calls or, you know, mid-cycle calls, even closing calls, right? Um, but again, we're kind of at the, the mercy of some of our, our prospects throughout that as well. But, yeah. you know, generally I try to block my calendar that eight to 12 is kind of that, that general call hour uh, or call hour, so to speak. Um, so that's kind of like the, the, you know, the, the morning routine, obviously I get my breakfast and my coffee in there whenever I can slip it in. So that's yep. it's important to get the, the calories in, in the morning, but, um, you know, and then the mid afternoon, right. Is when I, I generally try to focus on kind of the project work, like when I'm, you know, getting POC calls in or, you know, mid cycle calls or even, you know, internal project work calls, event calls, et cetera. Um, so kind of getting more of the, you know, the task work done, so to speak. And then, you know, throughout the day, I'll try to fit in some of the follow-ups, but I generally dedicate that probably four, you know, three 30 to five hour of kind of follow-ups or, you know, next steps calls, just, you know, et cetera. I mean, it's kind of the, the admin hour, as I call it, where yep. generally it's, it's a lot of follow-up, right? It's, it's, you know, what happened throughout the day? What do I need to follow up on? What tasks that customers requested? If I don't do it right after the call, then I kind of dedicate that time frame at the end of the day, assuming I don't have any calls. Um, so that's kind of the, the, you know, the breakdown of the workday. And then, you know, after the workday, I, I generally try to, to, to kind of shut down for at least an hour or two and get a walk with the dogs and the fiance and kind of decompress on the day. She's a high school teacher here in the area. So we like to share stories. I give her the tech. She gives me the, the education, which is nice. Um, so we, you know, keep each other balanced in that capacity and the dogs keep us nice and nice and balanced as well. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's kind of the, you know, the, the early evening uh, into, into dinner time. And then, you know, I try to turn it back on from about eight to eight to nine or so every night, at least, I mean, depending on the, on the day and kind of what's going on with the quarter and whatnot, if it's end of quarter, it's generally eight to eight to later. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, after, after eight to nine, I'll try to get the, the day for, or the day prep for the following day. Um, that's kind of my, my, my goal is to align calendar, align structure, make sure I know I'm doing my, my prep, but at least the initial prep for, uh, for any intro calls, um, do follow-ups for, for what, uh, you know, needs to, needs to be occurring for next day calls and just make sure I'm really dialed in and not waking up in a, in an anxious state. Cause, uh, you know, to your point, I think you had a, a post on it the other day. I, I hate waking up with the cell phone, you know, going off with 20 mm. different emails and 20 different notifications and feeling like I'm already behind. And I just, I can't stand that. It's going to happen inevitably at all, everybody that's in sales. So for me to try to get ahead of that the most, uh, you know, at most I can the night before just reduce that anxiety and lets me perform the best I can for the day. I love it. Do you um, do any sort of like time blocking on the calendar to, to map like that perfect day? Or do you just rely on 
kind of your own discipline or do you use tools or, or how do you kind of set all that up to make sure it flows the best yeah, way no, possible? Great, uh, great question. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of blocks, um, in the past two past two gigs, so as I mentioned to you in our our, our pregame here, I I just recently joined Times. This is a, a security automation software company based in Dublin, Ireland. Um, so I've been doing blocks best I can, but um, as I kind of finish my ramp here, I'm going to especially enter in the new year. I'll have a little bit more of a, a block schedule, but traditionally, yes, I've been blocking my calendar of like you know dedicated gym time, dedicated me time, dedicated hour call or you know call block windows where my XDRs know that they can book calls that are anytime available during that window, or it's kind of the preferable hour, so to speak. Um, and then I'll block off kind of admin time in the, in the evening, right. Kind of give that, that three 30 or four o'clock to five, four to four o'clock to six hour um, blocked off for follow-ups and just kind of task work that I need to get done. Um, then I'll always have the reminder for myself on the, on the personal, on the, you know, eight to nine hour of, you know, prep for the next day. So generally, yes, I do have blocks. Um, Right now, my my times colleagues would probably call me out that I don't have all those blocks in the calendars yet because I'm just <laughs> I'm honestly just trying to get get everything up and ramping, which is good. But uh, more of that's to come. But but yeah, I live by the calendar, man. It's uh, you definitely need the blocks in there to give people visibility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and for your colleagues, let the guy relax. He's just getting ramped <laughs> up, so give him a couple months uh, to get all the all the different blocks going. Um, how long have you been uh, doing? You know, running your business that way. Like I feel like. You know, for folks that have been doing this for five, 10 years, they most likely, if they've been successful, have some sort of schedule, whether it's like yours or, or different that works for them in another way. But for folks that are maybe earlier in their career that are, they, they either know that time blocking is a thing, but don't do it, or maybe have not even, don't even know that it, it exists and don't even really get it. Um, do you remember when you first started to do that? Yeah, yeah, actually I do. Um, it was it was at the time where I decided to join a two-person startup called Just Transform um, as their first kind of go-to-market hire. And I, I realized that I was walking into something that we didn't have a product, we didn't have a slide deck, we didn't have uh, we didn't have anything, right? I mean, we literally were kind of bare bones and starting from scratch. We had a the baseline of a product and idea that we knew was was going to hit the market nicely, but. Uh, for me, when I got there, I realized I was getting a blank, you know, GCAL and like no structure, you know, go figure it out kind of thing and absolutely loved the challenge. Uh, but it was at that specific stage about a month into it and about, I still remember the time frame. it was about October to November 2015 that I was like, if I don't get really dialed in with my structure, we're going to fall behind. Like there's just, there's just too much to get done. There's, there's yeah. so many things that you're going to lose tasks or, you know, lose, lose thought, lose thought on, lose process on. Um, and that's kind of when that regiment really went into, into structure for me. And obviously it's evolved over the years and I've really gotten dialed in more with, um, you know, kind of how I've transitioned from, I was previously coaching. So that was kind of a, a different block of schedule. And we'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. Um, but transition into kind of the personal time for training too, um, which is kind of one of those items too, that I, I, I needed to kind of get a little bit more rigorous schedule on. So yeah, it was, uh, it was that early, or I guess end of 2015 timeframe that I really started putting that in and it's paid off, uh, in, in many ways throughout uh, the last, last, you know, six or seven years or so. So, um, like, it seems like you have a habit or uh, a trajectory of getting in relatively early at companies. Um, is that fair? Like, obviously you were the first go-to-market hire there um, relatively early at, at a few other startups. Um, would you say that that's fair? Like, has that been part of your career strategy? Yeah. You know, I, I, I love it. Um, I absolutely love the early stage kind of everyone's figuring it out. The, you know, the A to B to C stage. I think there's just mm -hmm. a lot to, to learn and to, you know, I, I love kind of being in the trenches and trying to figure it out. Um, you know, 
defining a lot of process, helping kind of people figure out their go-to-market strategy. And then more importantly, the challenge for me of just, you know, getting up every day and figuring out how to compete and get people to, to want to buy into what you're, what you're, what you're preaching, what you're selling. Um, I absolutely love the challenge. I think that's just somewhere, this is just a niche that I've kind of found myself always, you know, waking up and feeling like, Hey, I can get up and compete for this every day. Um, I've, you know, seeing some of the bigger companies like the KPMGs and the, you know, E2 opens of the world, which are, which are larger kind of enterprise companies. Like I do like that style and I appreciate that lifestyle, but you know, I just find myself, you know, feeling more competitive, like on a personal and obviously on a professional day to day of, of getting involved with these smaller companies and trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. I I'm with you. Well, let's talk about competition. You, you mentioned compete competition. Um, tell me a little bit about how you think about competition when it comes to sales. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I took the, the, I keep the competition. I actually have this picture of uh, competition Tuesday from uh, the USC days when Pete Carroll and actually my cousin, Yogi Roth, we talked about earlier. Um, they had this competition Tuesdays where everyone's got to go out there and earn their job on Tuesdays. Um, I scratched that out and I said competition every day. Um, yeah. and that's really kind of the challenge I put to myself around, you know, Hey, what are you going to do? That's going to bring, bring the game, bring your a game every single day, whether it's the small tasks of, you know, send and follow up emails or calendar invites um, to being extremely dialed in on disco calls, to making sure your customers feel the value full life cycle to, um, or your prospects feel the value full life cycle. I mean, it's, it's, it, for me, it's the, the challenge for myself to kind of one up it every day. And I absolutely love the ability to kind of get out there and say, look, you know, someone else is doing this and someone else would absolutely love to do this if you weren't doing this. So that aspect of competition just always keeps me going and, and really keeps me, uh, keeps me energized. Cause again, I think there's other people that, you know, are out there and are doing the same. And I, I love to learn from them and see, you know, kind of see what keeps them ticking. But, you know, I keep a lot of things around me that, that keep my passions going and keep me, you know, wanting to compete every day and up my level and up my game. And um, yeah, I'm rambling a bit here, but I think that's, uh, that's my excitement is really just the, the ability to want to get better every day and be able to compete and drive value for new areas that I haven't been able to drive value to um, and continue to sharpen my own tool set. Right. I do not know everything by any means. I've got a lot to learn here. Um, and I surround myself with people that are competing just as hard as me. And that's what keeps me motivated. So I want to put a pin in the competition to take a quick detour. You mentioned Pete Carroll competition Tuesdays. There is a video on YouTube. Uh, Pete Carroll giving the commencement speech at USC. I don't know what year. There's probably like 8,000 views. And me and my buddy have 4,000 of those views. We've watched it probably, you know, 4,000 times. And he's talking about, he tells this whole story about talking to a recruit. And at the end, he's like writing a letter to the kid. And he's just says, always compete. You always compete. And he like, he writes a poem, I think is, is what it is. And he reads kind of like the poem he wrote about it's called always compete. And when we ran, me and my buddy ran a marathon that year that we watched is like four years ago, we ran our first marathon. And I remember it's like mile 20, which is the toughest. It's like, you're far enough where your legs are screaming at you, but you're still like six miles away, which kind of sucks. <laughs> and I just look at him and I just start screaming, always compete, always compete. And we're like, foaming at the mouth to get getting fired up. And so when you said that, and then as soon as you brought Pete Carroll up, that flashback just went into my brain. So I, I had to do that justice by giving you that detour uh, just for a moment. Love it, man. Yeah, no, I know the exact commencement speech you're referring to as well. I probably have another hundred views on there myself. So, uh. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, That's man. great. Um, when you think about competition, um, 
you know, when I was early in my career, like as a former athlete myself, as you were like, I, I looked at the people around me as other reps and I looked at them, like, I'm going to dominate you and you and you. And I didn't say that to them, but that's what I was thinking in my head. And that drove me and I did really well to start, but it didn't, it wasn't sustainable. It burned me out. And, you know, I think it, it didn't create great relationships early on in my career. And I've shifted that to more of like an internal motivation of trying to, you know, be my best versus the best. Right. And like, what, it, what am I capable of and how do I get, you know, 1% better on that every day? Um, but I'm curious what, I feel like people have different takes on this, but I'm curious what your take is on when you think about compete and you think about that motivation, like, is that, are you factoring in your peers uh, or anything like that and wanting to be number one? Or is it just like, here's where AJ was yesterday. I want to be a little bit better than that. Yeah. You know, um, to answer your question succinctly. Yeah. I think it's the latter for me. I, I really do value competing against myself. You know, I call it my coaching background, call it my sports background, like coming together as one, like I've always kind of been in that team, team sports mode. So I'm not really the traditional kind of like, Hey, I need to compete against a, a B and C, or, you know, I need to compete against this individual as a rep. You know, I'm always someone who like, Hey, a rising tide floats all boats. Like if we get, if we win this thing together, you know, we're going to be in a much better place, you know, holistically come, you know, a couple of years, couple quarters from now. Right. So, um, so yeah. And I think that to answer your question, like the, the, the competition component really just comes from, from me. Like, yeah, I see, I see other reps doing great things and yeah, that motivates me to continue to try to get better, but it motivates me to say like, what are they doing that allows me to go out there and compete the same way, right. Or compete in a better way. Um, that's going to allow me to up my game. And I've got a, a bunch of folks that I continually, uh, you know, just keep, keep the pulse of and keep, keep track and to, to see what they're doing. Cause I know they're involved in their game. And, you know, that's the, that's the element to me. That's like, okay, well, they're continuing to compete in their certain specific ways. You know, how can I do that as well? And I'm not necessarily competing against them because I don't really want to compete against them. I don't want to compete against my internal reps. I mean, those are, those are my friends. Those are my peers. Those are my colleagues. We're all trying to get the same collective goal. And if we can help each other out along the way, that's great. But who am I competing against? I'm competing against the other, you know, the competition that's out there is trying to sell against us. Right. Yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, everyone that's out there, that's, that's, you know, trying to compete against us and compete against times, compete against Trey, et cetera. You know, those are elements that, that kept me motivated, but in the end of the day, like what gets me up and gets me competitive is, is AJ, you got to get 1% better, 2% better, 3% better today, based on everything that you saw yesterday and the, you know, previous quarters, previous years, What's going to continue to move the needle for you so that you're accelerating your career path, you're accelerating your deal cycles, you're accelerating, you know, whatever the case may be um, to continue to get better. So that's really the, you know, the kind of the, the internal competition, as you referred to, that, that keeps me ticking. What, what um, space or, or what level do some of these fitness challenges, like, I don't know if this is your first marathon or if you've been running them, but um, you mentioned your, your fiance is an amateur power lifter. Uh, so I don't <laughs> know if you got into that world before too, and obviously football. So what, what uh, space has kind of like the fitness or some of these endurance challenges or whatever it might be uh, play into this overall kind of sphere of competing and wanting to be your best? Yeah, it's actually, I mean, honestly, that's kind of where the, you know, getting better for myself kind of comes from, right? Um, you know, for me specifically, like I've ran five marathons. This will be my sixth year and uh, I'm running Oakland marathon here in, uh, I guess, March timeframe. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think for me, the, the fitness component is, again, 
getting that 1% better, right? How, how can I go out there and beat my time from yesterday? How can I go out there and, you know, trim my mile times down when I'm doing a, you know, a training Saturday, long training Saturday run, um, you know, all that kind of fitness competition kind of folds into me, you know, really, again, kind of moving the needle for myself and not, not, not competing against anybody else. Like I've got a, one of my best buds that I run these marathons with sure. We, you know, we friendly compete against each other, but we're never putting anything on the line or, you know, it's, it's more about each other getting better and kind of getting out there to set goals for ourselves of, you know, beating times or, you know, doing a specific endurance run that no one else in our friend group's done. Um, and kind of, again, moving the needle for myself to know that, Hey, these are the things that are going to allow me to say, yes, I did that. I've got the confidence to go out there and say, I'm bringing this now to the table. I got this much better. And now I can apply that to other aspects of my life, right? I can have conversations that are, you know, outside of the, the sales world that are more humanistic. I can, you know, apply the confidence that I had to be able to go out there and do those marathons and, you know, my day-to-day in my sales profession. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, the element that fitness brings to me. And, you know, my fiance is kind of the same way she, she, she's a, a power lifter and, and she actually previously held a world record in bench press, but she, Ooh. long story short, yeah, she, uh, you know, she, she kind of puts the same for herself. She's like, how do I go up there and, and up the weight? How do I go up there and, you know, challenge myself to get to new heights that no one's done in my weight class that no one's done in my family that no one's done in the, you know, the history of our family. Um, and I think that's the, the element that kind of gets her going. And I think that collectively brings her to the, the, the elements too, that allow her to get better in her day-to-day on her profession. So um, yeah, I'll, hopefully that answers the question there. Yeah, I, I, I feel like for me, it's kind of like, I think there's a, a muscle to build around like doing things that suck, you know, oh, yeah. and that could be running a marathon. It could be waking up early. It could be, you know, spending a lot of time, you know, with, with, on a charity or coaching a team like you have or writing a book or just things that are overall good for you, but really challenging. Uh, and I think the more often you're able to do that, the easier that becomes. And there's a lot of parts of sales that are not fun. You know, it's, it's not fun. Um, you know, having to negotiate a big deal. It's, it's the end of the year we're talking and you know, I've got a, I've got a big deal on the table right now and my nerves are going, I'm checking, you know, Gmail every 30 minutes for a positive update. And it's like, all right, no, you gotta, you gotta level out the, the, the emotions here. And so, you know, when doing that or doing all the follow-up, all the meetings, everything that it takes to be successful is like, I think uh, just building that muscle of kind of like mental toughness all adds up uh, in life. Totally, man. You're, you're absolutely right. It's that uh, embrace the suck, right? It's the, the diligence yeah. to be able to get out there and do those things that, you know, eventually will move the needle, right? You know, for me, it's the, the for the marathon train and it's just making sure I get the miles in every week because ultimately if I don't, then I'm not going to go out there and get that time. Uh, if I don't, you know, do my, my prep the day before, then my disco meetings are going to fall flat, right? And people aren't going to want to move forward with next steps. Um, you know, it's all those little things. It's the follow-ups to your points, those, the diligence in doing that day to day. And kind of that goes back to the competition mode of like, are you doing everything that you should be doing? That's going to allow you to get better and competing against myself to make sure I'm doing it. Mm. Let's talk football. Let's do it. Um, so before we get into your, your, uh, playing and coaching career, uh, who's your team NFL team? (laughs) Uh, so it's, it's a tough, I mean, it's, it's a good one. Um, my, my family does not appreciate it, but I was formerly an Oakland Raider fan. Now a Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raider fan. Um, okay. all my family is uh, Eagle and Niner fans. So I, I'm the, I'm the outcast, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm from Boston. So I'm, I'm luckily a Patriots fan. It's been there a good go. 20 years. Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious before we get into anything else. Have you seen the new man in the re- arena, Tom Brady 
documentary series at all. I saw the first 30 minutes of the first one. Uh, absolutely love Tom Brady, but I, uh, I, I kind of, I have not watched one since, but I, I I've heard okay. it's up there. Well, I feel like when I hear some of your answers, you, you sound like someone that is like, could be on the Patriots, you know, it's like, yeah, we're just going to go out there. We're going to compete every day. We're going to do what we can get a little bit better. It's just like, it's like okay. you, you've been coached by Bill Belichick or something. So I imagine you've had uh, great coaches, great mentors. Um, but tell me a little bit about, I know up till recently um, you, you were coaching on the side of doing everything else that we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Actually uh, it's been a few years now, um, but I was coaching at Menlo Atherton high school. Um, Go Bears. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they were a buddy of mine. There was fortunate enough to, to pull me on. Um, actually the top left picture there, um, was, uh, was the group that I started with actually my freshman year. So I took a class from freshman to JV to varsity. And then, uh, my third year there 2018, um, we ended up winning the three AA uh, state championship with, the, wow. with them. Yeah. So that was, that was a really special time. Uh, you know, it was one of those times too, for me where, you know, I, I didn't have much to give back. I was still kind of learning, you know, the ropes of my professional career, obviously trying to figure it out here in the Bay area, figure it out in tech. Uh, but the thing that I could give back was my time and my, you know, my guidance to, to the young, uh, young individuals that uh, I really enjoyed spending time with. And while I kind of approached it, like, Hey, I'm going to bring something to the table for them, man, they brought so much to me. I learned such an incredible amount from this group of guys, uh, a bunch of which are now playing next level ball. that I still keep in touch with, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I think that that aspect of coaching in my life, um, you know, was just one of those those special times that kind of, again, kind of gave me the diligence to, to start putting into my structure, into my day, you know, in, the, in such a way that, you know, serving others, but also, you know, doing it from a personal side where I just absolutely loved and embraced the community and the kids um, and kind of seeing them go from, you know, young, young men to our really young kids to, to young men. Um, and seeing them, you know, just get better day in and day out. So like that aspect of it was, you know, really powerful for me. Um, one of the hardest things was walking away, but I, you know, as I uh, wasn't walking away, but taking a break, I guess. Um, but, you know, long story short, I, I, I really wanted to start I, as I got into more of a, I actually joined Trey and I realized that there was a time for me to just start putting my, my, you know, full spirit into, into, into selling. Um, and so I had to take a step away, but yeah, I mean, coaching man was just one of those just true gifts that I, I absolutely would love to go back to, uh, when I can. I'm sure you will at some point, uh, and the team will be lucky to have you back. Um, we've talked about, you know, some mutual friends. We've talked about, you know, Ralph Barcy as a mentor. Uh, yeah. I think you've mentioned some other folks just throughout your journey, but you seem to be someone that's a sponge and that, you know, collects information and is able to build relationships with people. I'd love to hear you talk about just how the role of mentorship has helped you throughout your career. Yeah, man, I've, I've been so fortunate to have a lot of folks that have been super gracious with me um, throughout their, their career path and just kind of taking a, taking a liking to me and, and giving me the guidance that I needed throughout the way. Um, you know, for me, there, there's really a lot of steps. I mean, you talked about Ralph. I mean, Ralph kind of got me the, the opportunity to, to really start thinking about how I build my brand, right, and take that to market. And as a seller that, you know, starting to try to get more success and things rolling in my career path, um, how do I build that brand and get people knowledgeable about what I'm doing and what I'm selling and how that kind of can transpire into good things that go into your, your selling, your actual selling game. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I've just been fortunate to, to really have a few folks that, uh, you know, I mentioned Tariq Chowdhury, I mentioned Michael Shetman, Peter Hampman, um, you know, a lot of folks that just giving me their time frame. Uh, Sid Cumran, Nate Gimberling, Ralph Barcy, um, Dom Lewis, you know, folks that really have 
have just really kind of taken their timeframes to say, hey, look, these are the things that you're doing well. These are the things that you're not doing well. Um, and, and, you know, folks generally sometimes, or I'd say sometimes don't get that, right? And so I've been extremely, you know, fortunate enough to, to, to kind of take those nuggets that they're giving me and be able to implement those in my day-to-day. Um, and it's really moved the needle for me in my career path. I mean, these, these, a lot of good things have come from just the guidance that I've, I've been given, um, you know, again, throughout my, my, my short selling career here, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been extremely valuable and, uh, and well, 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 uh, well received. So, um, yeah, not sure if that answered your question, but. No, it definitely did. And, um, you know, it leads me to, to thinking about, you know, uh, obviously you mentioned you, you just started a relatively new role, you're ramping up mentioned some of the past roles. You know, one thing that our mutual friend Penelope, which shout out, shout major out. shout out to Pel- Penelope Yamuchi. I got to just say, everyone that's listening should go follow Penelope. No one has referred more amazing guests to this podcast than Penelope. And she puts out some great content too. Um, but one thing that she brought up was just how good and, and you know, how thoughtful you were throughout the interview process and kind of the job selection process. Um, and so I'd love, you know, given that we're in such a hot market for candidates, most people listening to this show, I'd guess, I guess at least half the people are probably either looking at new jobs or, or thinking about it. And so for the next time that folks are looking um, to try to take advantage of the market and, and find the next job, what are some of your tips or, or what's kind of your philosophy that you were going through when trying to find the right process, interviewing well, presenting yourself well, vetting out what's going to be the best fit for you? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's kind of three core components that I, I look at. Um, first and foremost is, is the mission that the company's on, right? Like, are they doing something that I can get behind as a seller that I can actively get up and put my best self, put all my energy behind to get an individual on the prospect side to realize that value and want to move forward with it. Right. Um, so the mission is the big thing for me. And I was fortunate enough to go through a, a few different interview processes, but the Tynes, I mean, their, their founders, Owen Hinchy and Thomas Kinsella have just really built a world-class security automation engine through really kind of feeling the pains of their past life and saying, Hey, we're going to put a, a tool set in place now that's going to allow these security teams to get back that valuable thing that we can't get more of in life, which is time. Right. Um, and I think that's the, the element for me where, you know, finding that mission that I can really, you know, get behind and say, I'm going to wake up every single day and bust ass to go make this company better. And that's just going to be my, you know, that's just, just kind of how I tick. Right. Um, so that was kind of the first piece for me is like, what's the mission that I can get behind? The second is um, more tactical on kind of the product market fit, right? Do we understand that the, the product is selling in a market that I can go out there and, you know, sell into with the connections, the network that I do have, or if it's not, you know, the network and the connections that I do have, does it get me excited enough if there is a product market fit to go out there and approach these new, you know, profiles and prospects that I haven't talked to in the past. And again, does that excite me to want to go do that every single day and compete against myself to go out there and, and, you know, be excited every day and go find, you know, new avenues to go sell into. Um, so those are kind of the first two. And then last but not least is the leadership, right? I mean, it's, it's, do you see these people day in and day out that you can learn from and move the needle for yourself in a professional manner? Um, and I've just been so blessed with the leadership that I've, I've been involved with in past life um, from just transform to hustle, to Trey, to retain, to now to, uh, to Tynes, uh, Ryan Crump, again, you know, Thomas Kinsella, um, Owen Hinchy, these guys are just 
world-class practitioners that have now given me the opportunity to learn from them and learn from their skill sets um, and continue to get out there and improve myself on the day-to-day. And that's the thing for me that gets me going is like, I, I don't know it all right now. And going through the interview process, you know, there's, there's so many things that you're exposed to that you don't really, you can't, you can't get it all right. You don't know where all the skeletons are. You don't know where, you know, all the things are, are, are off. Yeah. Right. And everyone's, you know, every company has got their challenges and that's okay. Um, it's just, you know, can you get behind the leadership that's, that's guiding the ship um, and feel like, Hey, these are the people that I can continue to learn from and continue to scale my own self with. Um, and yeah, those are kind of my three kind of core building blocks to evaluating companies and kind of going through the interview process. Um, then you asked about kind of going through the actual interview process itself, right? What are the tactical things that I do? Well, you got to do your research, right? Up and down, you know, what's what's going on with the product? What's the market fit? What are the individuals that we're selling to? What are the profiles that we're selling to? What's the success that the company's already had? So really going through all those check boxes, understand the leadership and what their backgrounds are. Um, understand the space too, right? What's going on in the market itself? Is this an area that, you know, I think has a lot of legs that we can go sell into and drive more value to. Um, so really doing the detailed kind of lonely work as, uh, as, as my cousin refers to it. Um, and that lonely work really does pay off and it shows in these interviews. I mean, you've got to come in there, you know, raring to go, um, showing your, showing your best self. And you're not going to do that if you're not prepared and, un, you know, don't have the knowledge set to go out there and, and showcase, you know, what you've learned and what you've interviewed with, or what you've, uh, what you've studied and researched. Um, so that's kind of the, the big one for me is, is really making sure, you know, the, the ins and the outs of the, of the, of the company, of the market, of the leadership, et cetera. Um, and then obviously making sure you got your questions dialed in, right? What do you not know? What do you, from the research that you've done, what are the things that you care about that you're not seeing full picture of, right? So have those questions dialed in. You're, you're, they, they come across in your interviews, right? They want to know, our individuals are going to want to know, like, what, what does this guy actually make? What makes him tick? What makes him think? How, what kind of thinker is he? What kind of thinker is she? Um, what do they really care about? And how can I go out there and understand, like, based on the questions these, that as an interviewer, I'm, at, I'm getting asked, um, is this an individual that I think is going to help move the needle up from a company standpoint? So um, those are kind of my two big ones is, you know, obviously aligning on the research of the company, market fit, et cetera. Um, and then obviously dialing in your questions from a tactical standpoint, that's going to allow your interviewers to know, Hey, this is an individual that I can certainly champion and get behind and want to bring onto the team. Cause they're going to help move the needle for us as, as a collective, you know, as a collective team. And are you someone that, well, you know, while you're interviewing probably at multiple places and trying to kind of figure out what your next move is going to be in these three criteria, do you kind of like make little tallies or notes of like, yeah, the, this company's like, you know, they're an eight out of 10 here, but oh, they're kind of like a five out of 10 here and see where that adds up. Or is it really kind of like a gut feel like these are the three things I'm looking at and I'm going to talk to these companies and like over time, I'm going to understand which one's the best fit for me. Just curious how much is, is like an art versus science for you? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, the, in the last, I guess, kind of two job hunts that I've done, I actually do a pros and cons sheet. You know, it's kind of, it's yeah. not a, it's not a, a math and, and, you know, an equation, so to speak, but it's, uh, hey, what are the things that I like? What are the things that I don't like? And what are the things that I can, you know, get behind and really, you know, stand for as a, as an individual contributor, right? Um, and I think that pros and cons sheet has really helped out quite a bit for me as a person, um, let alone a professional, because I, I kind of implement it into my, my lifestyle too, right? It's like, what are the things that I, I like to do? Why, why am I running for these marathons? What am I doing on the, on the day-to-day and my other hobbies that, you know, yeah, again, what are the pros and cons with those? So yeah, going through that interview process, definitely the pros and cons sheet helped quite a bit. And I think when you take a step back and look at the pros and cons sheet after, you know, going through the interview processes, 
are there things that are on the con side that you can tolerate and you want to get you, know, you can you can live with and there are pros that are that you're really excited about and you want to go get behind and go chase with you know um, and i think that that really did help me kind of going through these processes because again it's it's when you take those notes you write them down you come back 48 hours later and you're like oh yeah like that was the thing that really got me going about that interview or that specific call or with you know that specific leader of that company uh, that i want to dig into more and, and really get behind and start chasing with mm. I want to, before we head off, hit you with some rapid fire questions, AJ. Love it. Let's do it. All right. First things first, we're big learners on this podcast. We're all on YouTube looking at the, that bookshelf over your right shoulder, wondering <laughs> what are some books that have heavily impacted your career, your life? They could be any genre, nothing's off limits, but curious if anything comes to mind or if not anything good that you've read recently. Yeah. Um, Ray Dalio's uh, principles up there. Mm. Um, that's a big one for me. Uh, my dad gave me that, I think, uh, shoot, maybe two or three, two or three Christmases ago. That's a big one for me, implementing kind of those, those practices and the radical truth seeking out there. Um, super. That's a, that's a real good book. I recommend um, a, a, a Barcy recommendation that's up there. Um, uh, the Phoenix project just finished reading that actually. So that's a good one. That's up there. Um, let's see. Um, mindfulness outliers uh jab 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 right hook um yes i mean there's a few that are there's a there's a few good ones that are out there that uh, that i've enjoyed uh, most recently that has been the phoenix project and that was a that was a barcy recommendation so and that's about isn't that about like devops yeah yeah exactly yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a story about a devops team it team that kind of shows the trials and tribulations of what they go through on a day-to-day -day. great read okay. cool i like it um all right what's bumping in the aj uh, Spotify or Apple music, whatever you're, you plug into the headphones during these runs. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I've actually been on the, the YouTube, uh, chill out vibe quite a bit. Um, okay. I, it's, it's interesting. It's been kind of one of those in the last, let's say quarter or two, just been kind of zenning me out on the runs, uh, specifically on some long ones. Uh, but then I find myself popping it in when I've got downtime or, you know, uh, admin time, so to speak at work where it's like, all right, I need to bang out, you know, four or five follow-ups. Like let's put on some chill out and just, just go from there. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm, you know, I'm listening to, you know, hip hop rap. I got a little bit, a little bit of some EDM in there when I need to get a little bit more of a, a hype going for the morning or something, uh, big fan of Kygo out there as well. So that's been a, that's been okay. a fun one for me. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the stuff that's bumping at the moment. Okay. I like it. It's weird. I've been on that same kick on YouTube. Those like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's like, it's like low key rap beats or something for, and it's like a three hour playlist. And so if I'm like prospecting or writing emails or whatever, same thing. Um, Love like it. It. um if you're, uh, I'm not sure what, what your, uh, what your podcast stamina is, but curious, like, are you check? Do you listen to other podcasts? Like in the, again, it could be sales, could be completely other subjects, but curious if there's any pods, YouTube channels, people you follow on LinkedIn, any, anything in terms of the content game, uh, else that you haven't mentioned that, you know, you're keen into. Yeah. Um, so I was listening or I'm listening, I pretty regularly listen to the it factory. It's uh Yogi's actually his, uh, his yep. podcast. Um, that's been fun. He, he did life without limits for quite a bit. And that was kind of his, uh, his, his formal podcast. Mm -hmm. I think he moved it into the it factory now. So that's one that I subscribe to, um, sales hacker out there. I listen to that quite a bit. Um, obviously yourself, it's, it's been a big one for me. I'm just kind of hearing the, the day to day that people go through and just kind of, again, trying to implement the, the, the tips and tricks that I can, I can take into my game. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll occasionally listen to to the the daily out there just to kind of hear what's going on in the the larger world that I'm not exposed to if I can't catch the news or something. Um, those are kind of the the big ones, you know. As far as other content stuff, like I'm tracking all the all the main folks on LinkedIn that I I want to be listening to and gathering their tips and tricks. You know, it's the 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 John Burrows, the the Barcys, your, you know, yourself, um, Kyle Coleman. There's a lot of big names out there that I track and try to gather insights into and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been fun kind of getting the, seeing the evolution through COVID on kind of the tips and stuff that have been coming through and kind of how I've been trying to implement that in my game day to day. Any tools or apps or anything that you use, uh, throughout your day that have made an impact? Are you more like pen to paper, uh, you know, regular, I don't know, to-do list, like (laughs) kind of old school guy, or do you have any, like any new, uh, tech or tricks that you can uh, share with the crew? You know, it's funny. Um, I, uh, I am definitely an old school guy, so I am definitely yeah. still pad and pen to paper. Um, it's, it cracks me up. All my, my colleagues are still like, wait, so you convert all that into, into notes and pump that <laughs> into you know, your respective repositories that you need to share with. Um, so I, I'm still very much an old school guy, but you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm using all the traditionals that are out there. The, you know, the, the, the Calendly's, the, the dualies of the world, the, yeah. Salesforce zooms out, you know, so I just, just recently moved from outreach to sales off for a sales off shop here at time. So that's been cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing that's too kind of out there. I, I, you know, I've, I've had downloaded scratch pad at one point. I know that's one that's out there that people are really loving at the moment. Yeah. I probably got to give that another run. Um, and then one, another big one that, uh, I'm actually kind of helping spearhead right now is a company called air cover. Um, so that's an interesting one that, uh, I'll have to send you a link to that one after what this. They do? Um, so they're kind of, um, uh, conversation, uh, prompting almost for individuals that are on like frontline sales calls. Um, so that's, it's been a, it's been a unique uh, kind of journey watching them grow and shout out to David Levy on that one. So kind of like uh, I'm having an intro call with you and they might prompt me with good questions to ask and things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, based on what they're saying and kind of obviously past discussions that you've had, you've got a repository that you can go out there and take a peek on, you know, what, what got them to, 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 open up during, you know, this call yeah. or what, you know, what tips and tricks are out there that, you know, I can leverage for this following call. Um, so that cool. kind of, kind of air cover repository. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. My last rapid fire, who do you want to see next on the millennial sales podcast? Oh, that's a great call. Um, interesting. Have you had, uh, have you had Victor, Victor Baglio on here? I don't even know who that is. Oh, I might have to give Victor. you a- Come Victor, on, man. Victor Bagley. Yeah, I might have to give you an intro there. Um, he He's a uh, world-class sales development uh, leader. Uh, I think he's with Lean Plum right now. Um, okay. Another another individual that I think would be phenomenal on this on this podcast. Uh, someone I, I haven't talked to in a while, but uh, came to mind when actually I was looking through uh, some old slides earlier this morning. And I saw some from, from our uh, past life at E2 Open, but he'd be an individual I think would be interesting to have on the call for sure. All right. Well, Victor, we're coming for you. You're, you're officially <laughs> on my prospect list. Um, <laughs> AJ, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. I think Penelope was right. You have major Ralph Barcy vibes. That's uh, maybe the best compliment I've ever given a guest on this podcast. <laughs> it can't get much better than that. Um, was there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to cover off on? Uh, no, I appreciate you big time, Tom, for having me on, um, you know, grateful to, to be here. And, and obviously just been a pleasure kind of watching your podcast growth and looking forward to more, uh, more podcasts down the line. And uh, yeah, shout out to my team at times for all the, all the help that's, that they've been giving me on my, my ramp and uh, 
you know, excited to help, uh, help grow and do them proud. So now I'm, I'm all good, man. I sincerely appreciate your time today. Absolutely. And, uh, for, for if anyone wants to get in touch, um, maybe LinkedIn might be the best place they can shoot you a note. Yeah. LinkedIn be great. Yeah. Happy to, to connect and I'll, uh, I'll, you know, happy to send over email and all that as well. Oh, awesome, man. AJ, appreciate you coming on. Likewise. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for checking out that episode. Happy January start of the year. Let's kick some ass again. One of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alemo, uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.